have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. Beginning to look a lot like Fedmas. Everywhere you turn. I see clowns in clown outfits wearing masks around their face and sunglasses around their eyes and being protected by police and preaching white supremacy. You know what I see? I see federal agents. That's what I see. I see a federal operation now let's nuance that a bit are there some like big time losers and morons in there 100 percent, 100 percent. but if you think those people haven't either been infiltrated or compromised or an asset or are an asset of some type of law enforcement agency already you'd probably be wrong okay now i'm not saying every single one of them in fact the question i had when I saw uh, the video I'm about to show you of, of the clown verse, okay, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I just, first of all, let me say this. I don't like it when big groups of people get together and cover their face, okay? Seems a little, you know, wild and dystopic. And I've always said, look, at least my generation, I could see where it may have helped a little bit before things like signature reduction, before everything was tracked, traced, database, and you know there are algorithmic profiles built on you. I hate to tell you guys, like everybody has it's information and data is cheap, is a cheapo, and the and the big guns they got way 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 better. Uh, AI than chat GPT. That is creating shadow profiles. In fact, it's something I discussed a little bit with Zach Voorhees, the uh, Google whistleblower, who we had a great conversation. Uh, I think I put about 10 minutes of that out yesterday 
on YouTube. Hopefully going to bring you on over to redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored slash uncensored slash uncensored where you sign up and you get those two extra interviews every single week. The second interview also up uh, talking Assange, Bilderberg and more with Steve Poikinen of Slow News Day and AM Wake Up. Again, another awesome conversation. Uh, played some really important clips in that one. But while we were talking to Zach and we were talking about the shadow profiles he actually talked about the fact that he had had an offer from Palantir. And we've talked about Palantir here on this program as well. You don't hear a lot about it, again, on other alternative media networks. And certainly, um, I would say not in the mainstream much, unless it's being praised as a tool to fight terrorism in the cyber realm. Oh, well, what's it doing? Baseline, and it's doing a whole lot more. And it's absolutely 100% part of this Five Eyes uh, infrastructure that goes beyond the nation state, 100%. And it's Peter Thiele boy and the gang. In fact, Alex Karp is, is the one we did that watch-along premium style back in the day. It's up for everybody now, uh, just, just so everybody knows. All my old premium content, other than the interviews, it's all available. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. That's where you want to find it. You find everything now. Okay. And Carp, I reposted anyway, two weeks later in full. Because they're tracking, tracing, and databasing everything you do. They're building these shadow social media networks, not only based on what you're posting, but what you're not posting. And they're getting that metadata too. It's, it's very evolved at this point. Okay. So getting back to my original point, it is a moot point to put a mask over your face and, and dance around, unless you're really part of the establishment. Unless maybe you're the January 5th pipe bomber that still magically hasn't been caught. You know, the one that planted pipe bombs around possibly the most surveilled, and I mean this, <laughs> the most surveilled, 100% with the D.C. establishment and the actual swamp there, place in the country, maybe the planet. Just hands down. If you don't think that if there's a camera wired up in D.C., there's not some backdoor access immediately to it, CCTV style at this point, come on. Come on, man. As Joey B, a.k.a. Joe Biden, a.k.a. the boss Zombie J used to say, come on, man. I don't know, Jason. This sounds a lot, a lot like disinformation and misinformation that we have to be fighting. So look, all these goofballs, if they're not working for law enforcement and protected, as I believe, obviously, this January 5th bomber has been, like, <clears throat> if not protected, you're looking, and, and I don't think that this person is this, by the way. I, I, I have my, my suspicions. But in order to get away with something like that, all right, the, the way I found the signature reduction article on Newsweek that I hammer the mother truck home all the time. Found it from Annie Jacobson the day after it was written, I think. And her note was about the January 5th bomber being very, very uh, adapted to fooling signature reduction. You have to be pretty, wow, know what the program is and how not to get caught. Hmm. And she's a smart lady, and that was a good observation. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
But meanwhile, I got to hear about a seditious conspiracy for people that use the bathroom, for people that weren't in the building at the Capitol. I have to hear the media tell me, no, 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 Mike Pence, no, no, Mike Pence couldn't do that. And we fortified, we strengthened the fact he can't do that. No, 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 no. It's the dark cartoon, man. And then I got to see uh, Dark Brandon. And I, I don't want to call him Dark. You know, if we, don't, we don't do that. We make up our own fun names, right? The, the Dark Brandon stuff's kind of funny. But uh, Joe Biden, you know, we played a little bit of uh, the Joe Biden uh, press conference for the, for the news lackeys there, the correspondence dinner. He ends it with, and here comes Dark Brandon putting on sunglasses, wobbling as he does it. Wobbling as he puts on the dark brand and sunglasses, and it's a big joke to every. Thank you, sir. All right. So let's play the Patriot Clowns real quick, the, the clown outfit people, uh, and show you how ridiculous this is. And it's so weird that you never see, like, Pro Proud Boys came in, in mass or Trump supporters came in mass. There's always this counter protest. Huh. Like, a, like an organized counter-protest. Now, Joe Biden just told us that white supremacy is the greatest scourge on the planet and the greatest terror threat in the country. Okay? Well, I can barely speak, but that that's, that's what he's telling us. That's the new domestic terror threat. You see, it came inward on you. See everybody bomb them into a glass parking lot? You see everybody, oh, let's just, let's just round them all up. All those people, oh, Gitmo's good. Now it's good. Get out of here. They turned that like that, man. They turned it full throttle in a generation. 180. It was always directed at you. But what? But the rhetoric changed and the expansion changed. And the facade of our Constitution and Bill of Rights changed. And now the new big bad boogeyman. Ooh, the boogeyman. Let's ooh, the, the big and bad. Oh, look at these guys. Yeah, look. It's a clown show. These are clowns. Oh, look at their sh I mean, look at their shields. You want to LARP as a white supremacist. Look at that one. He's real proud. They're real proud of who they are, by the way. So if you're looking at this, it's about rows of five. We've probably seen about... 20, 25 of those rows, little more than 100 losers and feds. Protected by the police officers in the middle of the day, okay, in D.C. Oh, where's the counter-protest? I missed it. Did you miss it? I missed it. I mean, take a look at these guys. This is a clown show. And that's what this guy in the dark cartoon we all live in, might as well just play it off, wants to tell you that's the biggest threat, bunch of clowns. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. Uh, meanwhile, I get it. The guy's in like a college outfit. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying, it resembles a little bit. It's a little clansy, Joe. Now, I know that you've said some eulogies at some funerals 
of some people that were a little clansy, you know, uh, Senator Robert Byrd, uh, I think amongst them, right, Joe? I, but as you discussed, the homeland, um, man, that just upsets the hell out of me. And, and now I'm zoomed out. You can see everything. Sorry about this, guys. So just so everybody knows, this is why I got to move out of my home because my power just shuts off. Okay, even though I have like the most incredible uh, power display out there, <laughs> I have this thing hooked up and there's literally nothing baseline even running in my house other than in this one room. Okay, there's the jump we needed. Great, do that. And now I got a, I got a, a show I'm totally prepared for and I had every video lined up for. I have to redo after that and I'm not streaming on any of my channels. Boy, I'm, I'm not happy. <laughs> but we are streaming on RVM. See, that's why you want to listen to it on the RVM uh, live stream when I put this back up later and you see it uh, in, the, uh, in the first hour on things like YouTube, etc. Uh, another great reason to support the broadcast so I can afford to move because that always ends up being thousands and thousands of dollars, especially in my area. Um, and uh, hopefully never have a power issue like this again. God, that really meant... Oh. We didn't even get through Dark Brandon. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right, let me let me just try to line up some of these videos for everybody. And then also, you know, get the commercials going and all that other good stuff. Boy, oh boy. That really just... All right, I'm just going to... I'm going to calm down and I'm going to go through the show. I'm in the middle of you know the zombie j cast i got that going and then i, I had basically a, a full-on attack let's see what we got here first commercial is, is done at least thank you krista my, my producer's great i'm sorry about it yeah thank you for reminding me because i have to go get the commercials out of the folder and put them into my playlist otherwise that doesn't happen guys i have so much stuff here i i wasn't sure if there weren't any disasters we were going to get through everything. And uh, <laughs> I think it's my audience thinks over at YouTube, I just kind of got cut off. I'm not sure um, what's happening. Well, I'm not broadcasting, so I'm going to guess that uh, my, yeah, my, uh, my rumble's done. I'm just going to take that off. And then the Rockfin one, probably done as well as that just ended. But who knows? Who knows what we're doing? I know I'm not broadcasting to any of these things. Okay, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to restore all the news stories I just had up there too. Okay, great. Fantastic. So I wanted to transition into another type of attack. And let's see if I can find those two videos. Here they are. Yay. Okay. Um, I guess that no, because this is going to go back up on YouTube. We're going we're gonna to start with maybe the illusion of choice with Carlin, if I can find that. No, I know what I had next. See, this is mm, this is why you prepare for a show. You don't ramble for three minutes. <clears throat> I wanted to be fair. I think I was talking about how I've been watching so much World War II stuff and Hitler stuff and Nazi stuff. And, I, and history to me is fascinating. I, I don't want to believe that we're just like doomed to repeat everything. But then again, I, what is there to believe about what we've been told via history. Now, I'm not questioning that the Nazis were bad dudes and did bad things. I, I often point to them. I often point 
to uh, the Office of Hygiene. I often point to the fact that they rounded up any kind of dissident, anybody they felt was a threat to their system, like that, okay? They, that, that's a real thing. And first of all, Hitler was obviously backed by the establishment. You had people in this country uh, working both sides of the trade. And then post-Nazi, um, we bring a bunch of them in paperclip style. So we just talked about a bunch of losers and morons and, and yeah, people that I feel like are assets to this system that's now coming in that's directed point, pointed directly at us. All right? White supremacy is, is, is the hoax. It's the Johnny nonsense. Because not really white supremacy. Again, it's any dissident. They got black supremacy too. You like you like Farrakhan? No, sir. You're an extremist. You're you're my. I mean, you're basically a domestic terrorist, right? Like that's what they're they're telling you that. So I came across this clip of Werner von Braun. Now, I I, I have seen clip after clip after clip of people basically uh, saying the same exact thing. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. In fact, it, it very well could be true. Again, I'm not there. I don't know. But the big thing about Von Braun, it's written about in Jacobson's books, is that obviously the Nazis had a ton of slave labor from the people that they had rounded up, from the communists to the gypsies to the Jews, a huge amount of slave labor to all. All sorts of other people, too. I just want to reiterate that. There are people of the Christian faith that also got rounded up. In fact, one of the uh, things that revealed um, their biowarfare program was uh, experiments they were doing on, on some kind of a... Uh, he wasn't a priest. I can't remember what his name was. But he was one of the few survivors of these hypothermia experiments where they would see, you know, basically if you could be revived after you were frozen in water because they wanted to be able to save their uh, pilots that had crashed and survived, okay? So Von Braun, allegedly, uh, and, and the only reason I'm going to say allegedly because I don't know, and, and this next clip, I, I, and people will take it out of context, but I agree with every single word Werner Von Braun is about to say. Now, you got to also understand, Werner Von Braun, uh, the head of NASA, basically chief scientist there back in the Dizay, uh, Mr. Saturn V himself, very much promoted by Disney as well. Right? Remember last week we played uh, the Disney clip of Donald Duck and, and that propaganda too, that anti-Japanese uh, and uh, German propaganda, right? So Von Braun is very much paperclip, very much in, in the front and center of NASA, the space program, and Disney. And so a part of people's lives, really. We're, we're Von Braun, pretty known. So whether or not he chose the five, like, slowest, worst workers and then hung them outside to scare everybody else into working, and every, every week they would do this. So I, I just want people to... Understand that. If that occurred, and they did that every week, if Von Braun was only in charge of this program where they had slave labor for, say, a year, and, and it looks like much more, 
That would be 250 plus dead people. Okay? Let me repeat that. 250 plus dead people that Von Braun would be personally responsible for. And the reason that I bring that instance up right now, okay, and, and I think it's important, is because, again, what Von Braun says here would contradict the idea that he would be capable of something like that. And, and again, everything I, that Von Braun says here, I think is going to, first of all, it's going to surprise people, but I'm in agreement with. So I'm just going to let this dude have the floor, and then we're going to break it down. Today, more than ever before, our survival, yours and mine and our children's, depends on our adherence to ethical principles. Ethics alone will decide whether atomic energy will be an earthly blessing or the source of mankind's utter destruction. Where does the desire for ethical action come from? What makes us want to be ethical? I believe there are two forces which move us. One is believe in the last judgment when every one of us has to account for what he did with God's great gift of life on the earth. The other is belief in an immortal soul, a soul which will cherish the award or suffer the penalty decreed in a final judgment. Belief in God and in immortality thus gives us the moral strength and the ethical guidance we need for virtually every action in our daily lives. In our modern world, many people seem to feel that science has somehow made such religious ideas untimely or old-fashioned. But I think science has a real surprise for the skeptics. Science, for instance, tells us that nothing in nature, not even the tiniest particle, can disappear without a trace. Think about that for a moment. Once you do, your thoughts about life will never be the same. Science has found that nothing can disappear without a trace. Nature does not know extinction. All it knows is transformation. Now if God applies this fundamental principle to the most minute and insignificant parts of his universe, doesn't it make sense to assume that he applies it also to the masterpiece of his creation the human soul? I think it does. And everything science has taught me and continues to teach me strengthens my belief in the continuity of our spiritual existence after death. Nothing can disappear. <laughs> we'll get to that next clip in a moment. Pretty profound. Not something that you would expect to hear um, from a Nazi, right? Uh, talking about an immortal soul, talking about judgment, um, talking about science. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of... He called God a he! Very patriarchal view. But what I think was really important is he talks about how nothing can come out of nothing and go into nothing. It's all about transformation. Nature does, nature does not know extinction. It knows transformation. That's profound, right? Talking about an eternal judgment and a soul and spirituality. 
and how everything that he sees and continues to see in his study of science basically says intelligent design to him. Something to consider. I, I, I certainly, again, when I, when I see something like that out of Von Braun's mouth, and, and believe me, I've watched, I've watched a lot of Werner, a whole lot. And, and most of the time, obviously, his Nazi past is very much obscured. You hear about it a little bit here and there. Uh, when you're talking about the rocket systems and technology and the Nazis, a glimpse here and there. But I, I watch this stuff. I watch Apocalypse Hitler, Nazi, Blueprints of Evil. I'm a junkie for this stuff. Okay? Very few times see Von Braun in that light. But it's been my interest, obviously, in NASA and the space program. And uh, really, Hollyweird Disney stuff for years and years and years that have has seen me look into von braun and that clip right there never seen it never seen it really interesting tough for me to disagree with that but <laughs> i will disagree with this uh i want to play this clip clip quickly before we have to go over to uh commercial break for a second uh here it is my pronouns are they them thanks i'm sam my pronouns are they them my pronouns are they them my pronouns are they them thanks i'm sam i'm she they but you already know that <laughs> Wow, what an amazing city. I'm sorry for how I reacted. I mean, they're coming for your kids. We're, we're going to talk about this. This is the new Transformers cartoon. She, they, they, them. No, you're a robot. Or some kind of alien robot. And boy, the push on that. I'm going to talk Transformers also after we have a word from our sponsor. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog Whoa, bed. whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. So use that promo code RVM. All right. So the they, them, the non-binary, the transformer thing. This is about transhumanism. Okay, now think about what you just saw there. You saw an interaction with a sentient robot 
who's now got pronouns and a human being. She's a she still, but there's a they there. This is UN propaganda, globalist propaganda, transhumanist propaganda. And remember, the conference with Martine Rothblatt that we show clips of with NASA, with internet censorship. Man, maybe we just got to do a marathon watch along or that thing. Start to finito, both parts of it. That'll be a marathon day. Maybe we'll do that like on a weekend. Okay, we'll call it, we'll call it the Transformers Marathon. Some lipstick on Optimus Prime because that's coming. All right. So, you know, there was always this battle of robots, but it was like super cool. You never really thought to yourself, hmm, you always thought we're going to build the robots and they're going to work for us. But that's not how it works, does it? No, no, no. They're an alien species. And I watched the first, I loved, loved the cartoon as a kid. And, and people forget this, but the original Transformer toys, the original ones, okay, there were two kinds. There was the big ass ones that were like metal still. I mean, they're expensive, but they're heavy and they had weight. And you really, you changed them and they went from a car to, you know, some kind of like superhero robot, badass. And then even the smaller plastic ones that they had, okay, they were heavy duty. And like, th these were the toys to have, okay? And I loved the first movie. First movie was like Michael Bay doing his best, brought in John Turturro, big fan of him, and they killed it. And I think there's been like four or five, maybe six more after that. I have no idea. I tried to watch the second one. And as soon as they gave me two hip-hop uh, Transformer robots, I think I was like 20 minutes into it, and it wasn't, it wasn't being watchable to me, I couldn't watch anymore. And I haven't watched it since. Maybe I'll give it a shot another day. But damn, it was tough. Okay? But now that... Okay, has permeated after how many years? That's that comes from the 80s. So it only took 40 plus years or so to, to try to sexually subvert your children into a transhuman movement disguised as the new liberation front, okay, in civil rights. And I guess we're going to play this clip. What the hell? I mean, if they censor it on YouTube later, whatever, or they try to give me a copyright strike, they can do that. This is a Monty Python skit. I'm not sure which film it is, whether it's Life of Brian. Um, it, it could be a ton of them. Yeah, again, I don't know. But there, there's a, a skit in this in Monty Python movie where they're all sitting there and they're talking about their oppressors. All right, and this is a 50, I think it's 51 years old. I think it's whatever movie they put out in 1972. Let's see. Monty Python, 1972. Python 1972 film. Let's see what it is. Bum, bum, bum. Fagander Zekas? Maybe that's it? Is this it? That's a TV miniseries. Is that it? It could be. Again, they did so much stuff. This might be from their miniseries, but it looks like a film. So let's just play the clip. Because the joke of 50 years ago has now become a dark cartoonish reality. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. What? 
I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. Well, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. Oh, you want to have babies? I mean, look at this is the stone cold face of absurdity right here. Right here. And then John Cleese, he kills it here. Do you want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus going to just take? You're going to keep it in a box? And there's the feelings part, not the facts. And the fat guy is sitting there going, oh my God, what the hell's going on? And the feelings insane person is crying. It's emotion driven. You see how this works? Here, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister, sorry. What's the point? What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. Popping it off. Pibbing it, popping it off. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I watched that and it was just so damn profound. It, it nailed it. It nailed it. And it only took 50 years. That's a blink of an eye, man. I know when you're like, especially when you're in school, right? If you are if you go high school into college, like the first 20 something years of your life, you feel like it's going to last forever. Right, because you're you're kind of struggling to figure out who you're going to be and how you're going to get there and what you're going to do with your life, where you're going to live, where you're going to work, all those things. Now it seems so distant, but then all of a sudden you get on like a track, right? And a lot of people, unfortunately, don't get on the track to independence. They get on the track to dependence more and more. But but the people that you know, once you hit that track, your choice and what your lifestyle is going to be, the years just boom, they go by. It only goes forward, guys. There is no yesterday in the sense that you're getting another shot at the title. Sorry, it's not how it works. It's not how it works. Okay, just goes forward. And 50 years, it's a blink of an eye. And films like, like a classic that you used to see maybe like on uh, WPIX or local Fox or WWOR TV, Channel 9 or something when you were a kid, depending on where you were in the region. All right, I'm going to stop reminiscing uh, because when I say that we're on attack from all levels, so it's non-binary or you got your hair different, you want to be a robot or whatever, the UN's got 26 different genders they're now recognizing. We think I'm joking. We've read it over and over and over again. And now, you know, this is this is the new okay, this is the new attractive uh, <laughs> in the world of sports entertainment.
Now, I'm just saying we shouldn't be celebrating this nonsense. I mean, first of all, somebody, somebody there. That that's great. Uh, I'm not against big entertainers. Big fan of John Candy. Okay, huge fan of Chris Farley. Uh, Belushi. You know what all those guys have in common other than they were extremely talented and made people laugh uh, with their physical comedy? They're all dead. And then Belushi was the smallest amongst them. I mean, but each of those, that's, that's, that's a double Belushi. That's a two-time Belushi. You get it? We've always said when you're that big it may not be healthy for you you should probably be doing a lot more of that that dancing because you do that dancing a little bit of you know cardio quick cardio like that's gonna make a difference ladies but no we, we celebrate it's the Lizzo society now it's the inversion everybody's Rubenesque it's okay what why is it not okay to fight for better food all right, and a health system that promotes, I don't know, being healthy. I had a nightmarish conversation with my mother yesterday. Mother's Day. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And, you know, my mom, uh, you know, she's 60. Yeah, right, 60? Yeah, I think, I think or, or just turning 60, right around that 60 mark. And... <laughs> I'm talking to her and she's like, oh, you, you know, she's had all these problems. And it, what my mom doesn't get, and I hope that my audience does get, is that if you are on the system dole, in other words, you're on Medicaid, they don't care. You're a number. Don't give a f they don't care about you at all. They'll let you leech off the system and take from you, but they're not going to give you awesome care, period. I mean, unfortunately, we're all the useless eaters that they talk about. But if you can't make your way with your own scratch, you're going to get less decisions. So I'm talking to her. She starts telling me that she thinks she's going to be in a chair in like two years. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're going to be in a chair? It's like 60, 62 years old. I have so much inflammation, Jay. And I'm like, are you on any supplements at all? No, I don't. I can't. I can't take. I can't take vitamins and supplements. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not real. You can't take vitamins and supplements. I am allergic. My mom's. I, I mean, developed diabetes. Has been on whatever they've told her. God knows what other medication she's taken that she's never told me about. Right. And I, I promise you. Okay, and I intend to be alive and kicking for a long time. I'm not going to be anywhere near a chair at 60, 65, 70. No, 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 no. And it's just like, where do you even get that mentality from? It just, it, it boggled my mind. We don't have a healthcare system. We have a, a, a cradle to grave for-profit death care system. In my opinion. All right. What are you going to consume? How can we profit off of you? Right. How can we maximize our profits? Certainly not telling you to eat right, be healthy. It's not promoting that anymore. Even though 
That's been a societal norm, I don't know, since all of humanity. The only time that being Rubenesque or, or big like that was a thing were in times when people were, you know, starving globally and they saw that you might have a little heft to your step, right? A little girth to your worth. And oh, this person could be able to take care of me. We're, we're never going hungry. That's it. Once, once food was abundant, we pretty much agreed as a society, hey, that's healthy. What I just saw, not healthy, not attractive. Like, why do I want to see, you know, pudding st stuffed into a glorified shiny leopard print? <laughs> like, bouncing around. Again, that would have been an SNL skit. That would have been a mad TV skit 20 years ago when I was in college. And nobody would have believed that that would have been a reality or being pushed as the norm. But we're here. We're in the dark cartoon. Better... You better believe it. Oh, we're about to go to another commercial break. I do want to remind everybody we've got two new great interviews. I'm probably going to be playing uh, a couple of those clips. Uh, one with Steve Poikinen, one with Zach Voorhees. We're discussing AI, Bilderberg, globalism, so much more. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Sign up. Ten bucks a month today. And now, a word from our sponsor. Folks, we have a huge problem on our hands. A banking crisis is spiraling, and it's all thanks to the current administration's reckless spending, sky-high inflation, and massive interest rate hikes. Now, these banks are suffering, and guess what? They can legally seize your savings without notice to bail themselves out. That's right. Thanks to a sneaky law passed back in 2008, it's now legal for banks to take your hard-earned money, including your retirement savings, to save themselves. Now, this could leave your retirement accounts decimated and you paying the price for their disastrous policies. Take action now before it's too late. Now, this guide will show you how to defend your money and keep your retirement savings safe from the banking crisis and the current administration's financial fiasco. This simple and 100% legal strategy may help you protect your retirement against higher taxes, soaring inflation, and a volatile economy. So don't let your golden years be ruined by someone else's mistakes. To secure your free wealth protection guide and safeguard what's rightfully yours. Don't wait. The time to act is now. All right. I want to move on a little bit uh, in this last segment that will get posted to YouTube. I know that we're live here on the RVM Rumble. Hopefully you're watching it live. Again, I want to apologize for all the other streams going down. Uh, it's the power in my house. It's why I got to move out of this house because the power is not getting fixed amongst other things because uh, the landlord doesn't want to pay, let's be honest. I, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm a bad guy from work, for working at home and needing a lot of uh, different outlets and needing lights and this monitor setup and all this stuff. I'm, but, hey, we're going to have to find something a little bit more industrial, I guess. Anyway, uh, I've got this clip from years and years and years ago, obviously. Uh, George Carlin has been gone a very long time. It's, it's hard to believe how long he, he was he's been gone. Because it seems like yesterday I, was, I watched him live when he was getting ready for his last tour. Okay? And uh, you could tell 
he wasn't quite as spry and uh, that, you know, he was reading off his thing. He's like, ah, I'm here for me. You're here for me. We'll do whatever. Turning Stone Casino. Uh, but the guy was smart. The guy was profound. The guy had a, had a way of relating to other people and subjects that most didn't. And uh, there was recently a George Carlin documentary. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I thought it was smart and funny. And it showed the guy behind the guy. Right. Yeah, he had his own demons. But what I really admired about him was that at the end of the day, he was really a family guy. He just wanted to be loved. Right. He wasn't perfect by any means, but but that was what he was about. And it wasn't just about being funny and traditionally funny, but eventually taking on the establishment, which he did hardcore. And his stuff, uh, it, it stands up like most doesn't. So. Uh, let's play that clip right now. Interesting thing about this country is if, if they, they, we, they, they talk about how we have freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. You know, we have freedom of choice. Yeah, uh, very limited. If it's an important thing, limited choice. Uh, two political parties, essentially, two. Uh, big media companies, five, mm -hmm. six. Max. Yeah. yeah. Oil companies, down to three now, I think, mm -hmm. overall, three or four. Uh, banks, the big banks, the big brokerage houses, the big accounting firms. All of the things that are important, reduced in choice. Mm -hmm. Newspapers in a city, how many? Used to be three, four. Now it's one or two. They're owned by the same people, and they mm -hmm. also own a radio station right. and a TV station. <laughs> but jelly beans, 32 yeah. flavors. Yeah. Ice cream, all the things that don't matter. The, the unimportant things, a lot of choices. Yeah. And you know what I say? You, you, your you know what your freedom of choice is in America? Paper or plastic. Yeah. That's it, man. It comes down to paper. Not even in some places. So here's, here, here's something just wild, okay? But, I mean, if you live in New York, you know it's not that wild. This, this shows you the inversion of reality and, and the, control, the social control that our masters feel they have over us. So in New York, they banned... The plastic bag, just pre-COVID-1984 nightmare. Okay. Then they made you pay a nickel for a paper bag. Okay. Often you would get there and the paper bags were sold out. They would not allow you to have the plastic bags. Okay. Then COVID happens and they bring the plastic bags back. And now the plastic bags are okay as long as you're slaved up and standing on stickers and going down aisles one way. That was your free... So you didn't even get the paper or plastic freedom of choice that Carlin's discussing here, okay? Plastic cash or charge, aisle or window, smoking or non-smoking, yeah. Coke or Pepsi. These are your choices. <laughs> Everything else is kind of laid out for you. You get to do what they really want. They do what they want. The yeah. ones who own this country, they do what they want. Speaking of our choices being usurped or, or, or taken away from us, mm. what do you make of what? And, and I'm, I'm fascinated to ask you this because all the things that you've been talking about for years mm -hmm. are, I mean, we, we've come full circle on this stuff. And that's why I was so fascinated. And thank you for coming on the program. Sure. But here we are now, you know, 30 years after you were talking about mm -hmm. it, with this huge debate, this huge fight about whether or not our civil liberties are being taken away from yeah. us. What, what's, what, what are your thoughts on... Well, I think if you looked at, at the record of um, laws which have been passed in the last 30 to 40 years, there's a thing called social hysteria. Mm -hmm. Social hysteria is whipped up generally by the media. Uh, crime, in Nixon's time, crime was the big social hysteria 
issue. Well, there's too much crime. There's, we're, we're, they're coddling the courts. They're coddling the criminals. We have to tougher laws. So a lot of civil liberties went away in terms of um, the rights of criminals and the rights of the accused and, and the people going on trial. These, these were li limited. They were cut down. These rights, which are guaranteed by the Constitution in the Bill of Rights. Uh, another social hysteria, drugs. The drug thing happened, same thing. Uh, big, big flow of drugs. We're going to fight the drugs. We need newer, tougher laws. We need draconian sentences. We need to be able to go into houses. We need to be able to do this. We have reasonable reason, you know, all of these, all of these shortcuts. Have, have resulted in less liberties because of social hysteria. The media whips up the frenzy. People get all excited. Mm -hmm. The legislature passes it. The president's, the executive signs it. And the judges, then the, the judicial branch, okays it sometime later when it gets to them. I mean, how intelligent is this guy laying it down? And he's right. You know, it really began the privatized prison industrial complex system. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think criminals should go to, to jail. And that doesn't mean, in some cases, I think that we should have harsh laws on drugs, certain types of drugs, 100%. I'm not one of those libertarians that think decriminalize everything. There's certain things, again, the thing with marijuana especially, I was always for decriminalization. Instead, we saw legalization so they could tax the hell out of it, so they could benefit from it, all right? And look, a lot of people still to this day that are serving time for mass marijuana are caught up in this system where some company is paying them pennies on the dollar to do some, you know, menial task that somebody else in, you know, another uh, area or, or business doing the same exact thing is making 15 to 20 bucks an hour. Pretty sweet deal. And and what has happened is you have less freedom, less liberties, less civil liberties, less rights. And the third social hysteria is terrorism. That that was whipped up. Now there's it's a little probably a little more cause there. You look at the, the 9/11. It's a very dramatic event. Mm -hmm. But that too has been used to, with to, with this Patriot Act to reduce our liberties. They say, well, if you have nothing to hide, what are you worried about? You know that that mm -hmm. old argument. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know that old adage. You got nothing to hide. You got no, you got nothing to worry about. Hey, no, we're just going to uh, bring up every social media post you have. And this is pre, I mean, don't get me wrong. You already have uh, a social credit score. I hate to tell everybody if you got an Apple device, they got a file on you. They have a credit score. They've, they've had a credit score on you for like six plus years. Obviously you have your credit score that determines mortgage rates, what credit cards you can have, et cetera, et cetera. Google, Android, we talked about Palantir, okay? That's all an extension of what he's talking about, okay, with what is the Patriot Act and the, the terrorism scare. Yeah, you have, <laughs> tell me about the people that are, you know, just getting out of prison because of the DNA, if they got not, mm -hmm. had nothing behind. Uh, it's, it's just, listen, th this country is, is owned by the ownership class. They do pretty much what they want. I figure it's like a freak show. Here's what I do. You know what I do? To me, if you're born in the world, yeah. you get a ticket, ticket to the freak show. You get a ticket. You get a ticket to the freak show. If you're born in America, you got a front row seat. So <laughs> some people some people are in the freak show. Yeah. We got our freaks. Yeah. Then some people... 
they uh, want to fix the freaks. Yeah. These are the ACLU lawyers, environmentalists. Well, let's fix the freaks. We're going yeah. to fix them up. Oh, isn't that terrible? Let's do this. And then there are folks who just watch the freak show. Yeah. As me. <laughs> and some of us get to write about it or talk about it. Right. And I do that. That's you too. Yeah. And say, oh, look at you. I, look how badly you're doing. I don't yeah. even I count myself in. Yeah. I say, look how badly you folks are doing. How did you do this to yourself? Why did you let them do I love Carlin, man. Here we go. It's going to be a big club. Because they own this fucking place. It's a big club. And you ain't in it. Nope. Sorry. You know what the big club is currently doing? This is what they're doing. This is my hometown, folks. This is what we stand for. We stand united with the farmers. They want to disown the farmers from their property. You know what it is when you don't have property anymore? You got children. What do you do with your children? You want to become a farmer. So please stand up. And also the farmers, they, they, they we get our food. Our, our, everything comes from the farmers. So when no farmer, no food. Please, 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 I beg you, wake up, wake up. Don't let this go 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 down as many people go dead or something else or just please please wake up let the world show what's going on right here it's, it's no good the agenda from Klaus Schwab the 2030 agenda this is rolled out it's nothing to do with this own your own folks it's terrible please wake up please please wake up so you can't just sit back you know and you have a ticket to the freak show, unfortunately, George, because they're shutting off the power. They're taking away the farms. Uh, the choice that you have, um, the what you thought was not so important of Coke or Pepsi, is about to be, you know, cricket food or plant paste or a combination of both. That's that's going to be the new thing they want to have you the freedom of choice uh, <laughs> to adhere to. They've censored so much. They've censored so much. In fact... YouTube audience, we are going to post this. I gotta, I'm going to have to do a little dicka dicka do magic and some editing um, to get that first part in there. But we got, I'm not even going to be able to hit every single clip that, I, that I've that i got going on. I guess I do kind of want to leave everybody with a couple more. Well, I guess I get one more in before we go to our last commercial break and go to the full premium uncensored uh, side where, you know, I'll cut the YouTube feed. Uh, but just so you know, while that goes on, right, and they take away the farms, we pay for war here, okay? And I want to show everybody where our money goes because what you're about to see is Russia blowing up a huge portion of the munitions that we've sent over to Ukraine. They just said, boom, wait, are we done? No, that's, look at that, that's massive. Oh, oh you had some tanks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. You understand, Russia's a first world military. A first world country. Oh! Yeah, but when Donnie, Donnie T says, look, I'm not going to sit here and call people war criminals and say, do you want Ukraine to win? Do you What, what is winning? What, is, what do you think? They, you're just going to march into, does Ukraine take Russia? Is that winning? Take a look at that. You know what that is? That's a bunch of dead people that we help pay for. It's crazy. Total insanity, man. Really upsets me. Gets me hot. All right, one 
final ad, guys, and then we are going to go over to um, the uncensored part of the broadcast. Remember, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Get those two interviews this week and two more next. We've got four up there right now for you guys. That's an extra four hours. All right, let's go to our last commercial. We love the internet, but the internet is tracking everything you do. Take control of your online privacy with IP Vanish. People with malicious intent are everywhere watching you. Criminals can hack your Wi-Fi while broadband providers and advertisers monitor your data. With IP Vanish on your device, your internet activity is encrypted. No one can see what you're doing. Your location, your connection, completely hidden. Protect your internet privacy today with IP Vanish. All right, folks. A ton more videos. Now, now that we're kind of on the other end where I can play whatever, I've got so much to talk about, man. I've got this AI story, which is showing you now the, the replication. I guess that I guess that's kind of a good thing to start with because get away from a little bit more of uh, the COVID fear, the new WEF Twitter CEO. We're going to get into all that, right? Because we we're just talking about Klaus Schwab and the 2030 agenda and the censorship. I got a ton of that. But when we talk about the post-truth world, Okay, we got to talk about things like this. This is wild. Dr. Very Strange Film Company is duped by fake AI Benedict Cumberbatch who wanted to star in their film but then demanded $250,000. The fake Cumberbatch voice was 100% realistic. Oh, really? Okay. An eerily convincing Benedict Cumberbatch phoned the company to discuss a film deal, says Bob Williams, screenwriter and director at Peabody Films, a company based in Malaga, Spain. The AI Cumberbatch was 100% the voice, says uh, Mr. William, adding that the company was convinced it was the real actor at first. When Cumberbatch and his agent refused to meet in person, they realized the ruse, saving themselves from losing money. All right? Now, there are even darker hustles that people are going to be able to do. And once the real-time facial stuff that's already been around now uh, and we've presented for almost a decade, once that goes commercial, real running man type scenarios in real time. And with that being said, I want, I want to play this clip where someone breaks down this new AI voice. New technology, really only out in the last three months, um, lets you listen to just three seconds of somebody's voice and then continue speaking in their voice. So example, it'll start with the real, and then at that dotted line, it'll switch to the computer auto-completing the voice. The people are, in nine cases out of 10, mere spectacle reflections of the actuality of things. But they are impressions. You, you can't tell, right? And so how do we expect this to start rolling out into the world? Well, you could imagine um, someone calling up your kid um, and getting a little bit of their voice, just, oh, sorry, I got the wrong number, then using your child's voice calling you and saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, forgot my social security number, I'm applying to a job, would, would you mind reminding me? Um, and actually, we were thinking about this as we wrote. We're, we're thinking talk. about just this example conceptually, yeah. and then it turned out. That and then in the last week, within a week, uh, it turned out other people figured it out too and started scamming people. 
Um, you know, you have an example about like the locks of society. Yeah, think of it as I mean anything that's not authentication based. Um, you call your bank, and I'm I'm who I say I am. Anything that depends on that verification model. It's as if all these locks that are locking all the doors in our society, we just unlocked all those locks, right? And people know about deepfakes and synthetic media, but what they didn't know is that it's now just three seconds of audio of your voice before now I can synthesize the rest. And that's going to go, again, that's going to get better and better, right? So it's, try not to think about, am I scared about this example yet? And you might be like, I'm not actually scared of that example. It's going to keep going at an exponential curve. So that's part of it is we don't want to solve what the problem was. We want to, like Wayne Gretzky, sort of ski to where, I mean, skate to where the puck's going to be. And with exponential curves, we now need to skate way further than where you might think you need to. But just to name it explicitly, this is the year that all content-based verification breaks. Just does not work, and none of our institutions are yet able to, like, they haven't thought about it. They're not able to stand up to it. Think about that. I, I mean, something we got to think about right now, everybody. So we, we tried this example, state ID. Generate me lots of state IDs. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen the latest TikTok filters. I have showed you the latest TikTok filters. Okay, and they're they're pretty wild. Now, once again, when we get to the point where it's not just a filter like that, but it's anybody's face you want to map on, and then you have their voice, and it's in real time, uh, the magic box and the FaceTime or the Google Meet, guess what? Hmm. Now you can't even trust that. Now it's going to have to be in-person verification. Okay? They're wild. I can't believe this is a filter. The fact that this is what filters have evolved into is actually crazy to me. I grew up with the dog filter on Snapchat, and now this, this filter gave me lip fillers. This is what I look like in real life. Are you, are you kidding me? Just seeing someone, it, all content-based verification breaks this year. You do not know who you're talking to, whether via audio or via video. And, you know, if do you want to give this example of China? Sure. Since I've been on this kick about trying to say why TikTok is such a dangerous thing for national security, um, you may all be aware that um, the Biden administration, there's been this whole negotiation. Should we let TikTok keep, stay, keep running in the United States? And there's this deal, well, what if we just make sure that the data is stored in the U.S. so that it's stored in some secure Texas-based Oracle server? We could just do that. Look at the smirk on the other guy's face. That's, it, it's so absurd to even think that. If I'm the Chinese Communist Party and I want to screw up the U.S. right now, what I do is I just ship a Biden and Trump filter to every single person in your country that gives you a Biden voice or a Trump voice. So now I've turned all of your citizens, like being John Malkovich, into the sort of most angry Biden, Trump, you know, information angry army that just talks all day in a cacophony, right? And that would just break your society into incoherence. It has nothing to do with where the data is stored. It has nothing to do with where the algorithm, which posts, which, um, excuse me, which videos are being ranked in what way. It has to do with how we are enabling sort of a mass confrontation with um, disreality. And but it's not disreality. It's the post-truth world. It's the created reality of the Carl Rovians. You understand that? This is, this is the plan. They, they, again, it's the one where your kids watch cartoons of they, them, and she, they. And that the UN says, I mean, I can't emphasize, I know we read it a lot here, and I get on these kicks where I, where I read the same thing, and again and again and again, but it's just so over the top. 
Again, uh, let me read it. They can identify as a man, woman, trans man, trans woman, as a non-binary person, and other terms such as hydra, third gender, two-spirit, travesty, fa-a-fa-fine, genderqueer, transpanoi, mukes, waria, and medi. These people are not playing. They're not playing around. All right, let's go back to this. No, none of that would be illegal. Yeah, because our responsibilities, the new class responsibilities that go with deepfakes, we don't have laws against those things. So I think what we're trying to show here is that when AI learns, use transformers, it treats everything as language you can move between and to, this becomes the total decoding and synthesizing of reality. Our friend Yuval Harari, when we were talking to him about this, they're buddies, uh, called it this way. He said, what nukes are to the physical world, AI is to the virtual and symbolic world. And what he meant by that was that everything human beings do runs on top of language, right? Our laws are language. Uh, the idea of a nation state, the fact that we can have nation states is based on our ability to speak language. Religions are language. Friendships and relationships are based off of language. So what happens when you have, for the very first time, non-humans being able to create persuasive narrative, that ends up being like a zero-day vulnerability for the operating system of humanity. And what he said was, the last time we had non-humans creating persuasive narrative and myth was the advent of religion. Uh, w once again, you know, this is the Harari idea. And it's the Harari idea is that the ability for human beings to tell stories is what put us a cut above and sharing of those stories. And the advent of religion then obviously is based in the idea of deities that have passed down this knowledge. Um, I guess this is a guy that doesn't believe in, in even what we talked about via Werner von Braun, right? Spirituality in that sense. That's the scale that he's thinking at. So 2024 will be the last human election. And what we mean by that is not that it's just going to be an AI running as president in 2028, but that it'll really be, although maybe, um, <laughs> it'll be, you know, humans as figureheads, but it'll be whoever has the greater compute power will win. And you could argue that we've sort of already had that starting in 2012, 2016. Uh, the campaigns are starting to use A-B testing um, to test their messages. But the difference now is that not just you're testing some different messages, but the AI is fundamentally writing messages, creating synthetic media, A-B testing it, A-Z testing it across the entire population, creating bots that aren't just like bots posting on Twitter, but instead are building long-term relationships over the next six years to solely persuade you in some direction. Loneliness becomes the largest national security threat. All of that is what we mean when we say 2024 will really be the last human election. And really, I'm not even sure this is going to be a human election because what they're not telling you about the AI, again, they're talking about the A and B persuasion. Well, if you control the narrative on all the platforms and then you control the machines and the actual votes, all this becomes a moot point other than to create the reality based on those that have been illegitimately put in and selected for office 
instead of giving us an election system. So really important story, really important video right there. Uh, did not want to gloss over that one. So many other videos to get to. And uh, this is a compilation that's kind of going viral. And I've got some videos to talk about after the fact. But this one is just a great, I'm not forgetting, you shouldn't forget, how the media framed the COVID-1984 nightmare for those that dared stand up to it. Okay, and not want the hate and lies, Defense Department-driven DARPA mRNA shots or vector-based shots. Once you get the military involved, they're allowed to run innumerable amounts of propaganda against the entire populace, and they have absolutely zero obligation to tell you the truth about anything. And we, we've We've got to emphasize that. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. You are the unvaccinated. You are the problem. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem, period, end of story. The only people that you can blame, the only people you can blame, this isn't shaming, this is the truth. Maybe they should be shamed, but the unvaccinated. It's time for the start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. Anyone you came into contact with will blame you, as will the rest of us who have done the right thing by getting vaccinated. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. I think it's time to get our moral house in order, Anderson. It's the unvaccinated who are the threat. All those vaccinated folks are going to start wearing masks to protect the unvaccinated folks. It's called a Christian value. You're basically punishing the vaccinated uh, for the the sins of the unvaccinated. People are not behaving honorably. The unvaccinated are basically saying, well, it's open season for me. I can do whatever I want as well. The, the unvaccinated are basically beating their breasts, running around the country saying, ha ah, ha, we don't care. We're living free and so forth. We've been patient but our patience is wearing thin. The unvaccinated, a group that includes children and people acting like children. And the rest of us are starting to get pissed off. The vaccinated feel the unvaccinated are making me upset or angry. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. The other day, Howard Stern weighed in with a much different approach. Take a look. <laughs> when are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country and just say, you now, it's mandatory to get vaccinated. Their freedom. But you're treading on our freedom and you're making other people sick and really you're killing other people. The anti-vaxxers, they seem to have a thing for death and home remedies. The anti-maskers turned anti-vaxxers are not just putting their own lives at risk. If that was the issue, we could just say that we can watch them compete to win place or show in the Darwin Awards. We have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research. And don't get me started on the lunatics who won't take any of the COVID vaccines. Life is too short to be an ass. Life is way too short to be ignorant of the promise of something that is helping people worldwide. Maybe you're doing it because um, you're, you're disconnected or disorganized. Maybe you have some sympathetic psychological reasons but maybe you're just being antisocial oh you can't shame them you can't call them stupid you can't call them silly yes they are those who are not vaccinated 
will end up paying the price. The unvaccinated should be taxed. Uh, they should pay more for health care. We need to start looking at the choice to remain unvaccinated the same as we look at driving while intoxicated. We're going to see, and I've said, almost mm -hmm. two types of America. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. And that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Pointing back to the unvaccinated who are really creating a problem in this country, every death that we are seeing from COVID could have been prevented. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Think about what you just saw. Think about what you just saw across the board. Oh, is that Fox? A Cavuto? Huh? Oh, it was your, it was your comedy guys. Your, all of it was lies. It's the upside down. And guess what? Here's the thing. The Muskernuts tweeted that out after I tweeted it out. He's always saying the right thing on Twitter. And then... He hired this WEF freak show as the new CEO of Twitter. Hey, everybody. Linda Yaccarino here. Class of 1980. We're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about masking up or packing up. I promise you, we're doing good so far. We're doing so good. See, it's a university head, and the propaganda is not only we're going to shoot your kids up three to five times, but before that, you're going to mask up, you're going to wash hands. You're not going to be a human being. You're not going to be a human being. This is it. Just keep your distance, get your hands washed often, get tested often, and wear your mask. Tests, again, for what? Yeah, I mean, are, we, are they mental health tests? And by the way, just, just a offshoot, totally, totally other thing I have to talk about really quick is when I watch YouTube and see the ads, you know, the latest ads I'm seeing are always for mental health. Everything's about mental health now, but it's not just mental health. It's mental health with a drag queen as your fairy godmother. What? No, seriously. Now it, it's... Uh, it's usually a woman having problems with, with like living a life and like cooking and like doing like normal everyday human being stuff that, you know, I was doing for myself at 10 and 11 years old. They're just stressing them out too much. And then some soy looking dude with like a rope to make it look funny or something is holding up some dude in drag as the fairy godmother that grants all these wishes, like giving out puppies and this and that, but then when it gets to the mental health problem, go online and find some mental health stuff. I mean, what? We, we are in la-la land here. What? <coughs> Wash your hands. Take tests that don't work. Wash your hands. That'll get us closer and closer to normal days. We are resilient. We are tough. Keep doing it, and we'll be back at Beaver Stadium before you know it. Mask up or pack up. Mask up or get the out of here. I get to run Twitter with Musk now. I'm the face of Twitter and authoritarianism. Yeah, Musk's your buddy. By the way, I do have this tweet, uh, which I which it, it it shouldn't shock anybody. None of this should shock 
anybody. But um, here you go. Too clever by half. Elon Musk just gave away the store by making clear that he prioritizes Twitter's presence in a country over the platform's free, spree, free speech principles. He has uh, invited endless censorship demands. That's right. Again, I haven't seen a big boom in my Twitter at Jason Burmas. Please give it a follow. Please give it a follow. Again, I look at these other spaces that get amplified and doesn't seem to happen to me. You know, I'm paying money so we can put the show on the air there. Okay, I haven't been able to monetize yet, Elon. Just wondering. He has invited endless censorship demands. To gain compliance, governments will just threaten to expel Twitter. The Turkish government asked Twitter to censor its opponents right before an election, and Elon Musk complied. It should generate some interesting Twitter files reporting. Okay, it's right there. And he goes, did your brain fall out of your head, Yiglis? The choice is have Twitter throttled in its entirety or limit access to some tweets. Which one do you want? Oh, we going to throttle it. I, I'm, I really don't like being throttled. Just saying, not my favorite. Now, I got a couple clips here of uh, Peter McCullough calling out not only, you know, he, he's called out the hate and lies around COVID-1984 and the hate and lies shots, but now he's starting to talk about the autism aspect. And um, maybe I'll play Naomi Wolf first. Okay, Naomi, Naomi Wolf basically talking about how she's a journalist. I'm not a contrarian. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm telling you the truth about the hate and lie shots. And then it follows up with my boy Peter McCullough over at the Reawaken America tour that just constantly gets attacked, but is giving a guy, a guy like this and myself a platform to tell the truth. How, what? Autism has gotten out of control. And if you're going to sit there and act like um, traditional vaccines, MM, MMR in particular, have nothing to do with that, you're just wallowing in your own media-driven ignorance and Bernaysian talking points. And psychological, biological warfare lies against you and your family. Just saying. So let's play the wolf, and then let's play the Peter McCullough. The things you said a year ago and got you denounced as a conspiracy theorist are now actually being accepted by governments. Do you think things are going your way, as it were? Uh, well... It's sad that it takes a year for mm. the rest of the world to catch up with what used to be called journalism, mm. right? I'm, I'm not a contrarian. Mm. I'm not a conspiracy mm. theorist. I'm a journalist. Mm. And I did a year ago exactly what I've done for 35 years, uh, which until 2020 led me to be a darling of the, yes, that's the established media. Um, but in, in 2020 and into 2021, when I was reporting accurately on uh, women's health problems that women were reporting mm. subsequent to the mRNA uh, COVID-19 injection, specifically menstrual problems, I was denounced and mm. smeared, a global smear campaign actually, it was pretty mm. scary, and, um, and, and I was called all kinds of names, and indeed, as you point out, uh, in the last month, um, NIH, Washington Post, CNN, all of them are confirming that, in fact, millions of women have been harmed in mm. terms of their menstrual health um, by these mRNA injections. So that's pretty sad, but um, I'd rather women had the information and could protect themselves going forward, and what happened to me is insignificant. Yeah, no, it is, listen, thank you for saying that last part, Naomi, uh, but it's significant in the fact that many of these women did this 
Why? Because we're living in a post-truth world and the accurate information people like yourself and myself were trying to tell people was not only suppressed, but ridiculed and completely and totally lied about with impunity by the mainstream media, as you just saw, by losers like Chuck Todd. He's another loser. I don't want to go on a loser parade today, but when I got to see Chuck Todd's face, I, I think loser. When I was a child, the rate of autism was 1 in 10,000. 1 in 10,000. The CDC says the rate today is 1 in 36. But it is the single greatest childhood epidemic of public health proportions that exists in society today. No one knows for sure the cause, but there are many, many theories. Whatever it is, it's moving very quickly as an exposure. There are some uh, uh, genetic uh, associations with respect to siblings having uh, autism, uh, parents of an older age. But there's no fundamental human biological change that can explain 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 36. It must be an exposure. It must be something happening to the children, something in the, in the air, in the water, or the food. One theory is that it's hyper-vaccination from an accelerating childhood vaccine schedule. That's a theory. But we should have an all-hands-on-deck Manhattan Project to figure out what is causing autism and how can we stop it because once it's present, I can tell you as a doctor, it's very difficult to treat. Very difficult to treat. Well, the problem is, Peter, and look, I know that you're being smart about your words and careful, is that we have had a large-scale Manhattan uh, Project style program on biological warfare, psychological warfare, many of them. Some of them have been exposed in part, not in full. And in my opinion, it is to get the outcome they already have and hide that from the public. So asking them to do such things, unfortunately, um, especially in the post-truth world where they're trying to divide us more and more and trying to rewrite history on multiple levels and trying to get us to fight with one another based on who we vote for and our skin color for the most part or what gender we refuse to identify. I'm a fa 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 fine I'm a Metri or whatever. I'm, I'm a mother trucking super Wario brother. Oh, did I say Wario? Yeah. I like the Wario boys more than the Mario boys. Wario guys didn't make an appearance in the film. I finally saw the film over the weekend. Loved it. Loved the Super Mario Brothers movie. Something to take your uh, whole family to. Don't really have one issue with it. Thought it was great. Okay. Speaking of rewriting history, I want to play this clip of a gentleman discussing this idea of reparations because... Whether it happens or not, and I mean, if that happens in California, I don't even know what to say. It, it sets an awful precedent, and it really does feel like that'll be uh, part of the collapse of our financial system. But hey, I, I mean, to say that we don't just have the money to give million, millions of dollars to 
you know, people that haven't earned it. Of course we do. We have that. I mean, did you just see them blow up billions of dollars worth of munitions that we're on the hook for? We played it. So yeah, I mean, we got the money. Uh, but that, if they do that, first of all, yes, inflation. But secondly, you're going to divide a bunch of people based in a historical farce. When I say a historical farce, that doesn't mean, oh, are you a slavery denier? No, I'm denying the fact that the narrative we're given about slavery is the real one. Okay, The narrative of slavery is it went on throughout human history. And those directly responsible for it, in large part, at least in this country, in that form, are gone. They're dead. They're donezo. All right? So let's move on. And the idea that, you know, um, African slavery is the only one out there. Look, we, we got real slavery going on in Libya right now. And far from perfect people, far from perfect people, because nobody's perfect, wrote a document that was created perfectly imperfect. Jason, you're, you're double speaking. No. Flawed people who fought for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, the freedom to bear arms, to face your accusers, all the essentials, also inbuilt a system where they realized socially at the time, hey, we might not be able to end slavery right now. By might, no, we can't because, you know, it's only been historically happening for the entirety of human existence. But let's let's find a way out. Like, let's set up a system where we can get rid of that stuff. Same thing with women's rights, you know. There were thinkers there that thoughts would evolve and that human beings were human beings. But now we're beyond it. We're beyond team humanity. And it's let's divide humanity based on arbitrary features, okay, through actual misinformation and disinformation campaigns. And one of the ways to do that is, you know, falsifying the history of slavery throughout the world. Slavery has been a universal institution for thousands of years, as far back as you can trace human history. And what we're looking at is if slavery is something that happened to one race of people in one country, when in fact the, 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 the spread of it was around the world. In, in 1776, which is when Adam Smith published The Wealth of Nation, as mm -hmm. well as when the United States got started, he said that Western Europe is the only place in the world where there is no slavery. Uh, and even in the Western, even the Western Europeans had vast numbers of slaves in the Western in, Hemisphere, yes. but not in Western Europe itself. And so if you're going to have reparations for slavery, it's going to be the greatest transfer of wealth back and forth uh, and, 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 and cross-hauling, as they say in, in the railroads, because the, the number of, of whites, for example, who were enslaved in uh, North Africa by the Barbary pirates exceeded the number of Africans enslaved in the United States and in the American colonies before that put together. I know, but nobody is going to North Africa to ask for reparations because nobody is going to be fool enough to give it to them. Uh, here we have, we have intellectuals 
who can, who can imagine a different history from the rest of the world, even though it's so similar to the rest of the world. We can just imagine, just imagination. We'll imagine it into existence. We'll go Carl Rovian. We'll create reality in the post-truth world. And uh, look, Bilderberg, last weekend, I thought, I thought it was going to be last weekend. It's actually this weekend. Um, again, the uh, Bilderberg group, they're the ones that coined it, the post-truth world back in 2018, now five years ago. And uh, Charlie Skelton says there is no public uh, list uh, yet. I uh, put this uh, article out there. They got it wrong on where it was supposed to be. The Sintra to the Bastinia Palace Hostel, Hotel in Lisbon. Uh, my boy, Dan Dix of Press for Truth. He is going out there. He's doing it big. He's going to be there. So hopefully we're going to get some really good reports out there. Now, in a post-truth world where you want to have narrative control and, and push uh, gender ideology to push out, well, to, to push out the idea that you're being oppressed Okay, you're being oppressed if you're not accepted for who you think you are, biology aside. And put out the idea that somehow a child can decide this and get rid of parental rights and further divide humanity. Change what human beings are. It's not she, her, he, him. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Not man and woman. We've got a whole shebango for you. And this is all coming at a rapid pace. We showed you the AI and the deep fake stuff. Well, in order to have the narrative control that they want, they, they need censorship on a mass level. Censorship on a mass level. And this is Chris Krebs uh, basically talking about the authoritarianism he'd like to put in place via czars on information. You understand? The top three recommendations that, that I would provide. First is you have to put somebody in charge of this from a strategic perspective. You need to have someone, whether it's in the National Security Council, the, uh, the Domestic Policy Council, wherever, so there, there needs to be a counter disinfo czar. And the counter disinfo czar. There needs to be a czar on info. And I know that everybody's tired of, of too many czars, but this is- Too many czars. There was a time in this country where czar was synonymous with communism and the Ruskies. But we didn't accept the idea of czars here. You know when that ended? The Obama administration. Let's just, let's start having some czars. It's really a cross-agency, cross-platform issue, and at least someone that's just senior enough to pull together the players. And so that's point one. Point two is uh, we, we need to work to define the roles and responsibilities across government, across industry, across academia and civil society. Civil society working with academia. I mean, that all this sounds like, you know, fascism, authoritarianism. We need to decide who the authoritarian sources are and the narratives they're allowed to put out, and we're going to regulate that. That's us. That's our whole deal. What are the levers available to each of them? And then where are the gaps and how do we plug those gaps? And, and in part, that's what, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do with the, the Aspen Commission on Information Disorder that, that we're going to be launching here shortly of, of 
tackling some of those problems in a, in a sprint, a six month sprint that we can then hand off to uh, whatever civil society players are willing to act. And then third and finally, rumor control as a service. Uh, you know, disinfo, info operations in general, it's part of the bag of tricks of an expanding number of state and non-state actors. Oh, state and non-state. Again, this is the whole carte blanche. It's kind of been the theme of the show. White supremacy, anonymous people on the internet, misinformation, disinformation, control, control. We're going to show you what you like. You like dancing biggins. At the football game. You love dancing biggins. You love non-binary robots. You love it. You like it. You love it. <laughs> and if you say otherwise, the Aspen Institute is going to smack you down with the National Security Council and their czars. Not only will we see um, disinfo uh, targeting from, from Russia and from China, it, it's going to expand and uh, and we have to stay ahead of it. It's going to expand. Again, the Russia, Russia, Russia nonsense. Russia, Russia. Meanwhile, the feds round up microchipping the gang and, you know, try to... Uh, internet trolling is the Russian situation. And those are Americanos. Okay? That's what's going on. I want to play uh, just a short clip uh, from... One of my interviews over the weekend, I want to remind everybody that you can see this via premium by redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Sign up, 10 bucks a month, lock it in, support the broadcast, get a $20 discount. Again, we're doing two interviews exclusive a week over at premium on top of what? The two-hour broadcast Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 Eastern. We're putting out a whole lot of content, folks. So I hope that you uh, you enjoy this little preview right here. The Twitter files only went back a few years. I want to see from uh, when the when they went public, really, from the from the time that they went public as a corporate entity, bare minimum. And you really want to see what infrastructure was in place before that, right? Because there was obviously censorship. I've had my Twitter, uh, I think, since 2010 or 11. I, I have to kick, scream, and crawl <laughs> to get that thing elevated. My analytics are, listen, I just paid for the blue check mark, not because I wanted to, but because they took away Media Studio and I couldn't stream my show there anymore. So mm. I literally now have to pay and I can only put it in in one hour increments after the fact. Still can't stream. You know, that was the only way around that. And now they're saying, and I hope it's true. You know, with Tucker Carlson coming over, and, you know, he's not perfect, but he was the last guy in mainstream media telling any semblance of the truth. If he comes over and it becomes more like a YouTube platform, and he's already said this woman is going to make it into X, whatever that means, the everything app. This may be the YouTube of 2013 to 18, where you could still make money on it. I'd love to see that happen. Uh, personally... I don't believe in leprechauns and unicorns, okay? So <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to happen. What are your thoughts on that, especially giving, given the fact that the FBI can already intervene with the algorithm? Uh, we have programs like Signature Reduction, which is the secret military doing the same exact thing. The CIA all, also obviously involved from Mockingbird on. Can we get a fair shake in the algorithm and, quote-unquote, artificial intelligence, Zach? No. 
Absolutely not. We're on a one-way path towards um, a really different future than the past that we were used to. And, you know, people are like, well, why is this QAnon thing happening? Why is the media lying? Why is everything, you know, so weird? And the, the reason is that we're entering into a very special period of time. And what's happening is that we're coming into the age of artificial intelligence. Get the whole story on Red Voice Media Premium using the link below completely uncensored and ad-free. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Please consider supporting the broadcast. So I've got a uh, story about the bad Epstein, which is good news. And then I've got a video of a guy named Alex Epstein who has been exposing the lies of the climate change agenda and uh, a great clip of him talking about um, oil hypocrisies. But first, you know, this one's premium and blacked out. Bank of America executive questioned about his ties to Jeffrey Epstein um, from the victims. Let's see. Uh... What do we got here? Both J.P. Morgan and Deutsche Bank face suits by Epstein victims. So this is the one that we, we got to pay attention to. And uh, I just got a DM. Uh, no, they didn't, Elijah. I know you're, you're watching that. I just did that while, we're, while I was playing it because I intend to put the whole first hour up over at YouTube. I just took down uh, the 16 minutes because, you know, I want people to come back and hopefully I'll, I'll premiere that um, as soon as I can, you know, after I get off the broadcast. Technical difficulties... Today, folks, uh, God, I don't want to think about it anymore because it gets me so angry that a place I pay a ridiculous amount of money for doesn't have a decent electrical system and some of my lights flicker. So I have one light, by the way, my outdoor light, can't shut it off. Been on for three years. Another light downstairs, uh, it's like a fader light, right? Uh, works about 8% of the time, 8 I, like magically, I'll come down and I'll left it. Up. Oh wow, that works! Now I, I have another two lights that are underneath my uh, microwave. Sometimes the left one works, sometimes the right one works, sometimes neither of them work. Anything that I plug into the, the plug there, including my air fryer, has an ungodly buzzing sound that shouldn't happen. But no, no, my my wiring's great. My electric's great. You gotta love it. <laughs> oh, I. I feel like like a bunch of the day today is, is going to be looking through real estate and seeing how to get the hell out of here. Anyway, here's a clip. Alex Epstein uh, talking about the hypocrisy of big companies and the use of oil based in really their own ignorance. Let me make sure I can find it. Where are you? See, the, and again, that, that's what bugged me, is I had this whole thing set up today. There we go. I really, really believe this industry is good. I believe the industry has made the world a much better place, and if it's allowed to function freely, we'll continue to do so. So it's been really hard for me, as somebody who I think appreciates what the industry does more than the industry does, to see for years and years and years apologizing and just adopting all the opponent's slogans and... Uh, and so it's really exciting. Like I see this as okay, this is a great, this is a great milestone. And then I'm also excited, and it's related, uh, to be involved with this with Adam because Adam was the one I think many of you probably know who wrote that amazing letter to the North Face years ago when the North Face ridiculously refused to make branded jackets for oil and gas companies, even though oil and gas is literally the physical basis 
of their product. And, and I thought Adam did speak up and continues to speak up in a very principled way that's fundamentally pro-human and pro-energy, and that's not simply about his narrow interest as somebody in oil and gas. It's part of why I actually like the name fossil fueled. I know some people don't, but I like it because it's saying, hey, this whole class of forms of energy is good, not just throwing coal under the bus, because coal is crucial to billions of people's lives and will remain so for a long time. Uh, so yeah, I think this is a very, very exciting event, and I wanna do whatever I can to help you guys just become, what two things is one, just even prouder of your industry, and then maybe even more important too, is be able to be more persuasive and effective with other people. This is an ability that I've developed, I think, to a pretty extreme degree, and I'm very eager to share any insights that I can about it. And let me tell you how you do that. You, you try not to be abrasive. You try to listen to the other person. Uh, and you try to find something in common with them before you go full political. I actually talk about that aspect um, with Zach uh, and, and how we do come together. And you got to just look outside, man. Who are your neighbors, right? Family, like old friends. You guys have different perspectives on the world, and that's okay. That's going to happen. Conversation should be able to be had at a calm level. And now you, you literally have an infinite amount of knowledge that... Yeah, don't get me wrong. A lot of it is being suppressed and scrubbed from the internet. The magic box can still find a lot. And if you sit down and you really find the stuff and you and you categorize it and you have it, say, in a Dropbox or you can share it via um, any kind of medium instantaneously and show it to someone, that makes a huge difference. Huge difference. For instance, you know, me and Steve talked about this. That's the second premium. But what you're looking at here is internal Bilderberg documents from 1972. Okay, it says not for publication either in whole or in part. Now, for years, the Bilderberg Group either didn't exist according to the mainstream media or when it was acknowledged, it was they would say it was like a golf club. It's a golf club. Now, they start in 54, so this is just shy of them being 20 years old. And in this one, you know, it's largely the European establishment. You can just kind of go down the line as to what's important. And you see the case of Japan. We've actually brought, I wonder if I can find that live right now. So I'm going to type in trilateral commission founding uh, Brzezinski. I think it's Rockefeller. Let's see. Trilateral commission Brzezinski. Uh, Rockefeller, and it, looked, it says it, uh, fostering a closer relationship between Japan and Western Europe. And it was on, it's founded in 1973, and I think it's dreamt up at on a plane uh, ride. Let's see if we add the word Bilderberg. Uh, I don't know why Rockefeller's got in there, but Brzezinski. All right, not that. Bilderberg. So the Bilderberg establishment didn't want them there. That, that was the whole thing. Let's, and there it is, Roland Bilderberg meetings, Trilateral Commission. Let's see if uh, this has that part in it. Nope, Bilderberg not there. Maybe we'll do DuckDuckGo because it's in their own... I've actually shown it on the show that it was a conversation on the plane that 
Let's see. In the spring of 72, inspired by the writings of Zbigniew Brzezinski, proposed the creation of the Trilateral Commission. No, it was something they, all, they, they discussed according to their internal memos. Let's go to DuckDuckGo. And this shows how hard uh, it is to get the true narrative when you've got narrative control just like that. Okay? Um, I doubt it's going to be in the Wikipedia page. But let's see. Let's see if Bilderberg... Um, that's meeting attendees from 2000. That's Donald E. Graham. That's again, it, that it's, it, it's not in the, the, uh, actually we're going to, we're going to end up bringing this up and having to read it tomorrow live on the air. Here we go. Ah, there it is. There, there we global research. They do great work. That's back in 2009. They were reporting on it. Okay. Yep. Right there. Uh, all about Bilderberg. Where's the trilateral part? Let's go to first time they bring that up. Trilateralism. Boom. There it is. And, uh, in 1970, David Rockler became chairman. There's Brzezinski right there. Same era. I like how they have technocratic era right there, man. Between two ages, America's role in the technocratic era. That is, is a big new Brzezinski. He's also the grand chessboard. Okay, here's 1972, and there it is right there. Uh, in 1972, David Rockefeller and Brzezinski presented the idea of a trilateral grouping at the Bilderberg meeting in July of 72. 17 powerful people met at David Rockefeller's estate in New York to plan for the creation of the commission. Bum, bum, bum. That's why we do it live. DHS is looking for help building a biometric database tool on Amazon's cloud. Uh, Thomas Massey tweeted this one out, and it shows you the track trace database society going under the skin. Yuval Noah Harari openly talking about this, but a lot of this has already been bio, or uh, I'm sorry, beta tested via the War of Terror, Terror, and what they were doing biometric information of Afghani's and Iraqis and beyond. Okay. But now they want to create this system where you volunteer most of it until it becomes what? It becomes not a choice. Okay, no choice. No Carlin-like choice. You want to go here, there, travel internationally, use their currency, whatever. We need your biometrics. Just, I mean, these people are... are <laughs> Damn. It's, it, it's wonky, but it's real. The Department of Homeland Security is seeking information on the development of a cloud software tool that would help it manage biometric identity systems. Oh, right. Because we're going to need those biometric identity systems because we're going to need your iris scan because now facial recognition is not going to work because of all the deep fake technology. The, procure the procurement notice obtained by Reclaim the Net here seeks information on the requirements and development as well as management tools that would help its Office of Biometric Identity Management, yay, to best perform its biometrics work. The need for biometrics continue to grow among DHS components. Grow, grow, grow. The purpose of this RFI is to gather information on requirements developed and management tools available that can capture, develop, store, and assess requirements. The request for information states showing the growing push for governments to obtain more biometric data on citizens, despite 
privacy fears. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Can we just continue reading Reclaim the Net? Thank you. Thank you. So there it is right there. The tool shall support, um, reside on Amazon Web Services without a bridge product. That's because Amazon and Bezos are an extension of the military industrial complex and always have been. Again, this was never about capitalism. I mean, you could maybe describe it as crony capitalism, but it is techno-fascism. It is the governments creating shell companies, okay, and then allowing companies not to profiteer. <laughs> they don't have to profiteer at all until they put them fully in place. Bezos was in the red for so long, it's, it's unimaginable any other type of business could sustain that. Period. But nope. He's the dick rocket guy. According to the RFI, the new tool will be focused towards mitigating and resolving identified issues in the current usage of multiple, multiple uncoordinated tools for managing requirements. The DHS also wants a tool that will provide a means to obtain organizational and stakeholder approval of requirements and associated artifacts. <laughs> Get ready for your smart contracts and your stakeholder capitalism, your fourth industrial revolution nightmare. One more story I wanted to hit up here. The time has come to end the sorry Julian Assange saga. This is the Sydney Morning Herald. I'm seeing more from The Guardian. I saw a great article on Al Jazeera. More and more people are speaking up that it's time to let Assange go. Let's stop this. I had a great conversation with Steve Poikinen yesterday on Mother's Day about Assange, amongst other things. And unfortunately, he is reading the situation, and I it's hard for me to disagree, that he doesn't believe they really want him extradited to the United States. They're more than happy to let this go on the court systems as long as he is in Belmarsh Prison, and as long as there is the distinct possibility, maybe even probability, that he will die in prison as a message to those that would dare, dare publish the war crimes of the predator class and their establishment minions on all levels of every nation state. You know, that's why so many aren't coming to bat for Julian Assange. And uh, if you do watch that premium, you know, that's one of the big failures of Donnie T. I've said it again and again and again, is how much he loved the WikiLeaks. Couldn't get enough of the WikiLeaks. Have you seen those WikiLeaks? Had a bunch of people chanting, lock her up. They really believed Hillary. Hillary for prison. They really believed that. I mean, come on. They protect their own. Hillary Clinton was never going to prison. In fact, I'm sorry, I don't see a world where the Clintons ever go to prison. Is that, if that's been a fantasy in your head, that, that is, that's what it is. It's a fantasy. We have no historical precedent for that in our society, especially our modern society that's pushing all of this garbage and narrative control and criminalizing information while telling you, you got to give up your biometric information like your biometrics, your biology, but then biology isn't real anymore. <laughs> Just being blasted and bombarded with agenda propaganda 
constantly. I want to thank everybody who rode through this very, very uh, rough rodeo today of power outages and, uh, and comebacks. This is Reality Rants. I am Jason Burmis. Consider signing up right now at redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored for 10 bucks a month to get the extra interviews. I love you guys. We will see you tomorrow on the flip side.